0: Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast, for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello, welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan, and I am thrilled to be be live on stage at the Dance Life Teacher Conference with the one, the only, Regold.
1: yes, yes, yes. All right, Miss so
0: I'm going to let you start us off, my friend. I Today's a- podcast is brought to you by the Dance Life Teacher Conference, <laughs> happening in July 2023. Looking forward to seeing all of our listeners there. But today, we wanted to talk about the things that are on dance teachers and dance studio owners' minds at this time of year, and especially having come off the back of two really uh, intense years. I think it's important to kind of revisit where we've come from and to look at where we are going from this point. So, Ree, people call you all the time. You're kind of like the the dance teacher hotline. I know people call and ask you questions, especially in times of crisis. What have been some of the reoccurring themes that you have heard over the last um, year or two? What have people really been struggling with? What have they come to you with? And what has been your advice?
1: Ooh. I would say that the biggest struggle this past year, even more than the year before, is so many studio owners finding themselves with faculty that are making life changes and deciding that they don't want to teach any longer and and leaving studio owners in in a lurch. What's funny about the people that are making life changes is I understand that side too based on the pandemic, but it is a big issue, at least here in the States. I don't know if it's going on in Australia or not.
0: Re, as my plane was taxiing off in Sydney for my 14 hour flight, I refreshed my memories and received a resignation from one of my staff members as my plane was taking off into the skies. And then I had 14 hours to sit there and think about what i was going to do with no power to do absolutely anything like it was just so yes on my side of the world people are having and it was the same thing it was a life change she wanted to focus on other things and i'm totally cool with that i'm not totally cool with it as my fl- plane is taking off into the skies but you know we we do what we do and it's since been worked out and i think it's i think it's everywhere
1: uh, it is everywhere i i Offer this advice because whether it's pandemic or another time previous I've had people who leave want to make a life decision or somebody I really don't want to leave so I'm offering them things to keep them to stay and when they leave Someone comes in and it's better So I say This is a way for us to realize exactly where our people are at, and they're being honest and telling us what they think. And I'd rather figure out how I'm gonna make my situation better than have an employee or a teacher that's not really into it in the classroom. So yes, it's an issue, but everything about the last two years has been to clean house, to change. I actually look at all of this change as an opportunity. I know it's been a struggle. But I look at the doors being wide open to possibilities, whether it's new and different faculty or new and different programs. I think the possibilities are endless right now. Okay, so that was not your question. Now I'm going to go back to the question. Another issue that I think is going on that I've heard a lot about is that the kids aren't the same, especially the older intensive dancers. The ones that were into it aren't necessarily into it anymore, and just their attitudes have changed. Again, I'm going to say two and a half years of roller coaster life for these kids. And the studio, whether they're as into it as they were before, doesn't have anything to do with, do they need to be in the studio? Because I believe we are a safe haven for the kids. And that if I have a kid who's losing her enthusiasm and I'm aware of it, I'm actually going to take some steps within that class to work on her or the other people to try to give them some confidence in themselves again, to let them know that their struggle is not something they're doing alone, and to let them know that this is a safe event if they're not happy in school, and they're not happy in life, come here and be happy. Make this your one hour a week that you're going to let go and lose yourself in the music and the movement. I really want to say this uh, about what I'm talking about. No judgment of our kids. No judgment on, on Their actions, doesn't mean I'm saying no discipline. Doesn't mean I'm not uh, want us to run an organized and professional classroom. But I hear people who say to me things like, ah, they're not into it anymore. I think her, her mother is the reason and it's crazy at home for her. And I think to myself, ooh, That's kind of deep. You've gone to this place that I don't want to go. I want to just know that when that child comes into my studio and is in my classroom, that my vibe is going to be positive. And I'm not judging her mom or anybody else. There's too much of that going on in our world. And I don't want kids to judge other kids. Okay, did I answer the question, really?
0: Yes, absolutely. And that judgment part of it is so important. It's easier said than done, don't get me wrong, but it is so incredibly important. And I think as dance teachers, one thing that you've taught us for so many years, Ree, is that we need to have blinkers on when it comes to what we're doing in our studio. We need to have good energy and focus on Tell them what
1: a blinker is. Oh.
0: Do you know, Do you know what I mean by put your blinkers on? You know when horses race and they put... Those things over their eyes so they can only see forward. That's I think I call them a
1: blinder.
0: On. Oh, blinders. a is
1: on. the signal on your car. Am An I indicator? right? You, yes.
0: <laughs>
1: Actually, in New England, we call it a signal. I think. Who it turn? A signal. Turn signal.
0: These are the fun conversations we yes. have at four a.m. when we're both going. What are we talking? What are you talking about? What are you talking about?
1: Okay, we now know what a blinker is. Uh, take me back on topic, if you would.
0: I think put in your blinkers, put in your blinders, get your focus and look only at what you're doing in your studio. Because the judgmental thing I don't think is solely about judging the kids and judging the parents. I think sometimes we're very judgmental on ourselves in our studios. I think we're very judgmental of what our competitors are doing, what else is going on in the town, you know, what Taekwondo is doing or you do call Taekwondo
1: Taekwondo, right? We do call it Taekwondo. Okay. <laughs>
0: soccer, what soccer's doing we have soccer <laughs> so I think the judgmental thing is, is a good takeaway across the board
1: I think you just brought up a good topic too um, and some of you who've been here for a long time you've heard me talk about this but I, I feel like now is the time to really make the change forget about what anybody else is doing Don't look at other studios in your community and, first of all, believe they're happier than you. Second of all, that, oh, they're doing that, so I have to do that. Look at your business and what you do and figure out what you're so awesome at. Because that's different from the studio up the street and sell what you're awesome at, because they can't copy that from you. So important. I see studio owners that say, oh, well, the competition is running, I don't know, this contemporary, aerial, whatever class. And she's got three or 400 kids flowing through her school and she's asking me if she should keep up with this person and running this contemporary aerial class. But she doesn't have time to put it in her schedule. But she thinks she got to keep up with her. I say forget about her and put out there what you are, what your philosophy is, the curriculum you want to run, and the type of culture you want in your school. And I'm going on a roll here. To me, the culture of 2022, 23 is a culture of community. It's not a culture of we're the best school in Massachusetts. Bring your child to us. That isn't the culture. That isn't gonna bring them in. And I want to say, in this time that we're in, with this financial insecurity in our world, parents are afraid that if they bring their kid to a school that's really into making the best answers, they can't afford it. They can't afford it. So let us be the school that is welcoming to the dancer who wants to take two hours a week. There are way more of those dancers out there. And because we're doing this, and I guess I can say anything I want. When September and October roll around, please hear this and someone calls and says, we'd like you to send some dancers, do not send the most advanced dancers to do this performance. It might be our ego that says that's what we must do. This is a truth and it happens almost every time the dance teacher who's the the big winner puts on a show. We're at the mall. Our kids are dancing, they're flying, they're jumping. Maybe even we brought the 12-foot titanium trophy that they won. we put it on the side of the stage. All those moms look at their kid, their little five-year-old, and they go, honey, you could never do that. And they walk. but our ego, wanted, in case there was another dance teacher who happened to be at the ball, we wanted her to see that girl do four pirouettes into that attitude layout that all the other moms in the audience with the five-year-old kids are not into. Okay, went off there. Don't know if I answered the question, but I it's made so a statement. Thing,
0: I think that's so important to hear and those parents you're exactly right there are so many more of the parents of the mum of the five year old than there are of the one percent tiny crazy make my child a star parents that are out there and do we actually want the one percent of the crazy make my child a star do we want them or are we happy to send them up the road i'm more than happy to send them elsewhere
1: please when i say what i say stacy everybody here uh don't think that i don't believe that competition and that kind of aspect of our studio isn't important. As an artist, I loved it. As the creator of choreography and figuring out how to work with this dancer and make her look the best that I could make her look on this group, I loved every minute of it. I loved going to the competition and being the choreography winner. But to realize that that doesn't make me great at what I do. What makes me great at what I do is making an impact that'll last for a good long time in the heart of the kids or the adults that I teach. And in this case, where I'm at in my life now, it's with the teachers and studio owners that I work with ultimate goal is to reach inside of people and rejuvenate their passion. If you thought, and we all thought of that every time we walked into the classroom, it would be a different story. Our job is to rejuvenate these kids. Mm-hmm. Different attitude.
0: Completely different. But I have parents all the time that will stop me. We have a very small community. Port Macquarie is 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 not a large city like any means. We don't even call it a city. It's a town. And in my town, we, people, people come up to me all the time, they know I run a dance studio, and they say, oh, I could never put my child in dance, she's so uncoordinated. And I think, what, what do you think I do? Like this, this, that, that's my job, that's what I do. But there is this perception that the kick, turn, leap, double... What did you say? Double, four turns into an attitude layer. If I don't all, even
1: know if that's... I, okay, I just kind of made like, it up. I'm gonna get somebody to demonstrate it for me. Let's see how it works out. Not me. Who solo, who solo can I choreograph this year? You let me know.
0: (laughs) But I think it's important in everything that we do, we talk about that impact. Because for that mum who says to me, I don't want to put my child in dance because they're uncoordinated, that mum doesn't understand clearly what I do and they don't understand the impact that I could probably have and my teachers could possibly have on their child and all of the benefits that they're going to get from dance that are not about the four turns attitude kick layout but instead about the confidence and about the resilience and about all of those great things that they're going to learn in the classroom. So I think it's not only about reframing it for ourselves, it's also making sure that our marketing that goes out into our community really talks to the important stuff that we do, not just the... Here's the picture of the trophy that we won at nationals.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm I'm not putting the picture of the trophy anyway. Do you hear me? It's nowhere in my advertising. Could be in the lobby for the, you know, season. I'm not gonna now get ten more and line them up in the window in the lobby because hear me my window should have a three-year-old with a huge smile on her face hanging from a ballet bar that looks like every other person's child that's what should be in my window (laughs) not the 10-foot trophy we put it in the window because it makes us feel good But it doesn't bring in business. I went to uh, Michelle's studio, her South Carolina studio. She opened it four years, maybe five, I don't know, I may have lost track of time, but I'm gonna say within, been extended, the last six years. Every picture window in this building is a happy kid taking a dance class. And she got a thousand students in that period of time and i couldn't help but just sit out there and look at it and go wow right in the middle of town all of these 10 by 14 pictures of happy dancers in a window says nothing else what does that say to us what is our product What our product is, is what everyone in this room who's ever taught originally felt. When you wanted to teach, you would have said, I'll teach anyone. I'll choreograph for anyone. I just wanna choreograph. That's how we all started. I say that was the best time and that if we can bring that joy back to ourselves if i can work with this recreational number and give them a concept maybe they have a prop maybe they're just something unique and the audience goes nuts for them what have i done for their confidence what have i done to show the dances for everyone that's where i think it should be at now I don't remember the love question that. again.
0: Just, I, even I've forgotten it now. I, I just keep thinking about the happy children in the window. Because ultimately, and I'm a mum, I've got three kids. People ask, what do you, what do you want for them? What, what, do, what are your hopes and your dreams for your child? I want them to be happy. That's, that's the immediate answer. So if you paint that picture for the parents in your community of happy children everywhere, you can't go wrong. No,
1: Without you can't. I'm going to say this real fast. Here's my my quick story that changed me. I grew up in a studio where we wanted to win. We loved it, okay? I didn't really wish other people to score more than we did.
0: And you won, right? You're a winner?
1: We won all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Hear this. Dance was this outlet from my mother. Dance was what gave her confidence. Dance was what she was really good at dance and choreography everybody would go oh my god sherry gold she's a genius she's a genius and she was the first person to ever put a number out there in a national dance competition and say we're not doing one trick not one she'd say you're not jumping and you're not turning and they'd win did you hear that that is the truth And at 59 or 58 years old, she got cancer and she passed away that year. Now she had 700 kids flowing through her school 15 years prior when we were the neighborhood dance studio. When my mother passed away in 1994, she had 175. Why? Because you only went to Sherry Gold if you wanted to be a pro, was the reputation. So she built this thing that made her feel good. And I'm happy that she did what it was that made her feel good. Because it was her escape. That's why I talk about it being our escape so much. It was her escape. Ren and I inherited this business that was losing money. She was the greatest. She's losing money. So, we get back in the car and we look at each other and it's the first time I said that, she heard me say it all the time, we have to become a neighborhood dance studio. The trophies are gone. All we're gonna do is put out pictures of little kids having a great time and teachers hugging those kids. And when you come to the website, Every kid on the home page is going to look like other people's kids and if they're into the intensive program and the legacy that Sherry Gold created, they can click this button over here that's kind of on the side so that we could get everybody to believe we were a school for everybody again. And now we're a school of about 450 kids. And it is very successful in running six days a week, four classrooms. And uh, it is one of the best neighborhood studios in New England. You've
0: never told me that story
1: before. I There are lots of things I keep to myself. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you want me to, I'll yeah. add to that. I don't think you should tell everybody everything about yourself on social media, you guys. I'm a guy who's like, okay, I'm gonna go out there and this is part of my brand and I'm gonna be upbeat. I'm gonna try to inspire people. And if it is a grumpy day, cause you probably go, oh, he doesn't have a grumpy day. Ooh, I have grumpy days and you don't wanna be around me on that grumpy day. But I'm not telling you that. That's not your business. Nor do I believe that as professionals in our industry, leaders, mentors, teachers, that any of us should be telling everybody the things that are going wrong in our lives. Is that something you agree with? Yes. Think about it. Mature adult, parent, teacher, mentor, leader. Think about it. Be positive. Be encouraging. Michelle said it today. <laughs> don't express your political opinion. You're pissing off 50% of your clientele. They don't want to know. Okay. On, the
0: se- on that same <laughs> note, though, let's also look at social media with that perspective ourselves sometimes we look at social media and we think everybody else's studio is successful and mine's not everybody else's life is perfect oh, yeah. and mine is not you know they this that she never has a grumpy day this is always perfect this is always and it's not especially if we keep the grumpy days off of social media but I think we need to give ourselves a little bit of grace when we are scrolling knowing that yes we are seeing the highlight reel of everybody else's life and they have bad
1: days too mm. and if you're a studio owner and you have 250 kids and you've got three classrooms and you got a rent of six grand a month and there's a studio in town that has a thousand kids and you're looking at them going wow she's so much happier than I am No, that Her rent is 22,000. She has 28 staff members that she's paying every month. She has five times the parents bitching at her every month that you do. Is she happier? Will you be happier if you have what she has? Chances are the answer to that question is no what we have to decide and i believe this is possible is decide what we want and that's what we go for i think there's too many people trying to be what everyone else is in our field what do you want to bring to the table some of you were here yesterday uh kids sports center guy who talked jeff jeff He started off with a little gymnastic school. He's got a 160,000 square foot sports kids center. It's got dance, gymnastics, swimming, all of these things. And what made him go to that place was that there were no possibilities he was willing to run from. Did he fail? He showed. 52% of the things that he tried failed, 48% of the things worked. What does that mean to me? That means that if we had more confidence in what we believed we wanted to do, or that great idea we've had for the last 10 years, that if we just put it forward and go for it, it's probably gonna work. Now hear this, you can't put it forward and just like sit there. You have to put it forward and leave no stone unturned. That's my motto. When it came to this conference, we left no stone unturned. Our goal was 500 attendees, and it took until last week. Because we left no stone unturned. That doesn't mean that you should go for everything you want go for the things that you can go for that are possible for you and that you're willing to leave no stone unturned. I see a lot of people say, you know, this class isn't working for me. And I say, well, what marketing have you done for that class specifically? Uh, None. Oh, okay. Why don't we start there? Follow that? Okay. Okay. So I don't want to end this on a depressing note, let's bring us back up again.
0: <laughs> well, my thought was, for the audience listening at home, what is that that you're going to really dive into for this new season? For our audience here, live, make some noise, what is the one thing that you are going to take away at the end? Because you know, professional development like this is such an incredible opportunity, you've all invested in yourself or your fabulous studio owner has invested in you to be here. Don't just write notes in your notepad and then walk out at the end and say, that was fun. Write the notes, take it away, and then really think about what that one thing is going to be that you're gonna focus on. And then, what you're saying, Ray? all in?
1: All in, leave no stone unturned. But this is, I'm gonna give you a warning. Uh, am Am I over time? Tell me. I don't want to. I want to try to be that guy that everybody's impressed with this year. <laughs> but I think I just messed it up already. Oh, I do. Okay, so what did you just say the last? Two?
0: Choose one thing and go all in.
1: Yeah. And we were talking about the
0: conference and go away with your notes and choose oh, one thing.
1: Oh, you're going to spend the next three days getting all these ideas and concepts, especially if you're in the business track. Some of you probably already are like, you got all your notes. Don't try to do everything on the first day you get home, you guys. Pick what it is that you'd like to move forward with and really focus on it. Make yourself a list, set of goals, because I know how this works. When it's so much, it'll be hard to get anything done. Tackle your objectives, what you've learned, one goal at a time, and then it'll work for you. And you may not get it all done, but go for your priorities and it'll be awesome. My ultimate goal here is to to get emails or posts that say, I changed this, I added this, my enrollment has increased because of this. I have a great relationship with my faculty now because of this. That's what I wish for everybody at the Dance Life Teaching Conference. Honestly and truly to change it. For us to move forward every year and to improve our field and to be better at it and reach our full potential. And if you're having trouble with that goal
0: setting, tomorrow afternoon upstairs on your right-hand side in the studio owner room, you'll find a fabulous goal setting session with
1: yours truly. What time is your session tomorrow?
0: That's a really great question. <laughs> Talk about putting me on the spot. Three o'clock? It's going to be great. So, re at the end of every podcast, we're normally on Zoom. When normally on the screen. And I kind of do this signal to you. Okay, wrap it up, wrap it up. And then I do
1: this. Have a great day and enjoy the journey.
0: Thank you for joining us for ReGold's Dance Life podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey.
1: You've been listening to another Morgan Media production.